it's really wild to enter into this new territory with you because uh, it's so much of what we're talking about today. And one of the realities that is fresh upon my heart and mind is how much has changed in between last time we met and now this time and what it looks like that we're by video now, we're connecting to more people that can join us. And it, it's a little bit like feeling lost. Um, feeling lost has a bunch of different dimensions to it. You know, there's the feeling lost that can be very pleasant where you're driving along in the country and you let yourself just take, uh, let, let the whim of the moment take you over and you're gonna make this turn and you're gonna explore around that bend and what's over that hill. There's also a feeling lost when it's scary, uh, when, when you don't know where you are, when you need to get somewhere by a certain time, when you wonder if you have enough gas to, to get to the gas station. And these bigger lost feelings, when we wonder uh, what's really going on around us and what's happening. And then I think there's also another being lost, when, when you're lost but you don't know it. And that can be really dangerous. Uh, when I think about being lost and not knowing it, one story comes to mind, and I have to tell you this story because it, uh, it, it exemplifies this so much, but it's going to be embarrassing, okay? And you may think badly of me, but uh, here it is. So we went to this water park a number of years ago, and when we went to this water park, we found uh, this really cool place we could go as a family, and I would go into the men's bathroom, and in the men's bathroom, there was this trough area. Now, if you've ever, for those of you that have been into a men's bathroom, maybe at a big arena or a stadium, you've stepped into one of those spaces where it's got like a big urinal style trough. Not to be too gross, it just happens. So in my mind, that's what was happening. And I walk up to this trough and begin using it. There's a little uh, space right there. It's like this U-shaped thing. And this guy comes around the corner and he goes, that's for washing your hands. <laughs> I looked down, there's this bar you would stand on and it let water come out for washing your hands. It was deceptive. It's embarrassing, but I was lost and I didn't know it. This idea of being lost is so pervasive to our world and our society, our psyche, our consciousness, how we've developed as humans. You actually find in Greek mythology, the goddess Ariadne, who was the guide in the maze. You see that in the story of Theseus and the Minotaur. And I want you to know that for a lot of us right now, it's very normal to feel lost and scared. I think some people, the shock of everything happening right now, it's settling in. Maybe they don't even realize how much is changing or how much might change. And so whether you're in that place with all of what's happening in the world right now, or whether you're in that place just as a person, what we're going to walk through three ideas, three actions that are going to help us find our way. And the first action that we've got to take is we've got to dismember the familiar. We have to dismember the familiar. We have to take it apart. What, what we don't think about when we think about our lives is that there are metaphors and analogies that are guiding us. These metaphors and analogies are our present reality. And it's how we make meaning. It's how we construct our focus. It's how we motivate ourselves to take action. It's also how we lose energy. Right now, there are beliefs that you have that you tell yourself, and you may not even know that they're there, and they shape 
how you show up. You could be right now telling yourself, well, as I work from home, I'm going to be less productive or more productive. Or, hey, with everything happening in the world right now, I don't really care about being productive. I want to figure out at a deep level how I might change in this moment and explore it as a way to find a new way to be me. Whatever we're doing when we're dismembering the familiar, this is where we're taking apart our reality. And it is the hardest challenge because we're so attached to whatever our conception of reality is. I'm gonna give you a different way to think about reality rather than this is true and this is not true, which is how most people approach their daily life and their reality. It's not that one is true and one isn't. Let's think about it this way. So on Saturdays, I make the best in the whole world vegan, gluten-free pancakes. I can also do them as waffles. And uh, I, I love it, it's fun, they're delicious. I experiment with different recipes, but I got that thing dialed in. Now, let me ask you this. If you said, I wanna get that recipe, I wanna find out what that recipe is like. I've heard all about it, Chris. People are talking about it all the time, how amazing it is. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm gonna share the recipe with you. I could share the recipe as the electrons that make up baking soda and the molecules that are applesauce, I could record it in a, in a molecular chemical way. I could also record it in a subatomic way, but it would be useless to you. How would you even piece that together unless you had deep, extensive chemical, molecular, or subatomic knowledge? Instead, what I would do is I would give it to you in a way that you could relate to it, and it would tell you half a teaspoon of baking soda, a teaspoon of baking powder, this much flour. And the reason I said applesauce is because it was vegan. Some of you right now are thinking about that. I got you, I know, I know. But the point here is there's not one way of describing it where one way is more true than another. I'm just giving it to you in a container you can relate to. Why is it that in all the traditions all over the world, the shamanic traditions, the Greek traditions, the Egyptian traditions, the Buddhist traditions, the Christian tradition, that there's a dismembering, there's a taking apart, there's a, there's a death. Well, what happens after the death? What happens after you really dismember the familiar? What happens after you let go of the analogy and the container that you're using to guide how you think about reality, how you think about, and this is what the Navigate series is all about, yourself and how you lead yourself? Well, then you're gonna to get to this next piece. After you start to take everything apart, and I know that's hard, and I know it's not easy, then you get to remember the familiar. You get to remember the familiar. There was a scene in the movie Hook where Robin Williams comes back to hang out with the Lost Boys and he's reuniting with them. And one of the Lost Boys isn't sure that it's Peter. And he takes his hands and he puts them on his face and he starts moving his cheeks around. And as he starts to move his face around, he says this phrase, there you are, Peter. There you are. And too often, we wait on someone else to do what we have to do for ourselves, where we dismember the familiar, where we let go of the organizing metaphors and analogies that we use to think about our lives, that, that we let go of the recipe that we use to think about our lives, that we let go of the container that we use to think about our lives, and then we start to be open to a new experience, to who we might be. One of the things that I've 
stated a couple of times in this series, and I want to say it again because it's so powerful. There are a lot of people out there that think your identity is just your memories. And so when you lose your memories, like in Alzheimer's, you lose yourself. There are people that also say that, that your identity is just a construct of your brain, brain-based materialism, that there's a consciousness that comes out of your brain, it emanates from. There are also people that say the self is an illusion. And what I'm trying to articulate in this series is a, a fourth way that there's an overlap of your brain, body, and mind where there's something that you can remember what's forgotten, remember the forgotten you, and start to live out of and experience that. And I don't want to take that joy away from you. I'm not here to, to tell you what that part is that's forgotten. It's your discovery. You know, when you're, if you've ever interacted with a kid, and I remember doing this a ton, where with our kids when they were little, we would go, What's, what sound does a cow make? You know, moo. How weird would it be if you saw me playing that out with my kids? And I was like, what sound does a cow make? And before they could answer, I would go, it's moo. And I would take the joy of discovery away from them. See what happens for us in the guiding metaphors and analogies that have gotten us here, they won't get us there. And they're usually someone else's guiding metaphors and analogies. They're usually us thinking about ourselves as who someone else told us we should be. And it's like they're interrupting us, telling us what the sound that a cow makes, rather than us getting to discover it. And so what I'm trying to say is, in this fourth way, there's an overlap of the brain and the body and the mind where you get to remember the forgotten. It's the pre-verbal you. It's, it's you at three years old before some of the personality became just a defense mechanism so that you don't let people feel or see or hear. And more importantly, that you don't see, feel, or hear the movie that's playing in your head, the movie that we talked about in our last session. What you get to do when you start to remember the forgotten is you get to discover. Now, for a lot of people, and, and you're here because you want to grow, there's some part of their lives, and maybe a big part of their lives, that they're just not being honest about what is and isn't working. I remember when I was in college and there was this golf club near our campus. It was dirt cheap. It was a terrible place to play, but it was so much fun. We'd just go out there as buddies. We'd play. And I had knocked a ball into a, a person's yard, and it had this kind of cheap metal fence. And so I walked up to this fence, and I needed to get my ball. I mean, I'm in college. This is like the price of a burrito. I got to get this ball. And I pull up to this fence, and I get to the cart to get the cart to the edge of the fence. I get onto the cart and, and I'm thinking I'm going to jump over. I can't quite maneuver the way that I want to. So I find this stump and I get on this stump and I think, well, I can just flat foot jump off of this stump over this fence. So I get my weight down and I spring up with all that I can. And this stump was rotten and caves in. So I fall over the fence and I scrape my shin all down this, uh, this fence. The next sound I hear is like five or six college buddies laughing so hard I could hear them far away. There is a stump that we're trying to project out of our lives with that keeps caving in on us. And if we can dismember the familiar and start to piece together and remember what's forgotten, 
then we get to be the kind of leaders who imagine a new metaphor, a new analogy, a new container. We get to stop thinking there's got to be something on the outside of us that's going to rescue us. We've, we, we stop believing that we're going to think our way whole and start to imagine or discover a new way forward. Now, what I share with you in the end of our last session was the action that I wanted you to take was to daydream so that as you look through the windshield of your life and you start to notice your thoughts and feelings, and as you put this antenna up so that you notice proving or hiding, then you would start to let your mind wander to just daydream. Now, as you start to daydream, I, I want to help you notice some of the things that start to shift in your mind so we can surface the key skill. You start to notice the difference between the dialogue where you're being driven to be reactive, where you're overly associating with your thoughts or feelings, or you're just being, you're just processing, you're just thinking. Maybe you'll get to experience a moment with a purity for like the first time, even though you've had it a million times. When, when, when I am in that relaxed state and that daydream state is pure, I can, I can talk to my daughter and I can see her, one of my daughters, and it's like I'm engaging her for the first time. Or it's like I'm here with you by video and this feels distant, yet it feels new and it feels exploratory and it feels exciting. I'm here right now with you for the first time. This isn't robotic, it's presence. And as that chatter starts to calm down and the daydream starts to surface, then here's a tool that I want you to use to start to analyze as you're driving down the road and you let your mind wander what that daydream might be. There are distracted daydreams where it's just we're trying to escape the terror. Now, it's an honest thing for me to say right now. There are moments I want to escape from. This is a hard reality to face and the world that we find ourselves in. So distraction might be happening. Also, what might be happening is we're, we're directing the daydream where we're just trying to fantasize, right? I remember being a kid and I would be bored when somebody would be speaking and I would start to daydream about like the building collapsing and me rescuing people. <laughs> now, why would I be daydreaming about rescuing people? Well, it reveals the ego. It reveals the ways that I want to construct meaning, the container that I live in. It's the way that I think about myself. I want to rescue people so I can feel whole. Well, when I really start to remember the forgotten, I get past the ego daydream and I don't do violence to it. I let it be a signal to me. And I find the daydream that's within. It's the, the unleashing of the imagination, not just a creative uh, burst, although that can be what happens in the imagination, but it's actually the overlap of the brain and the body and the mind where I start to imagine a new way of being. You have no obligation to be who you were five minutes ago. You can't burn the boats on who you used to be, dismembering the familiar and remembering the forgotten. And once you start to remember the forgotten and do that, then last, you get to ember the faith. You ember the faith of who you are. You start to stoke the fire. You stir it up. When you let the imagination get one second ahead, you still use your left brain to analyze and discern. Rationality is still important, but rationality isn't leading the dance of who you are. Ray Bradbury said this, he said, thinking isn't living. Thinking holds the container of living. Alan Watts said, 
that we spend so much time rationalizing, we've confused eating the menu with actually enjoying the dinner. In our age and day, as we lift up scientific achievement and accomplishment, and I am all for it, we've also falsely learned a way of being that doesn't help us in the world that we live in because we can't receive a new imagination of who we are. We still need our left brain to discern and analyze it, but we need our right brain to be open, to receive. As we drive down the road and we have the daydream, not the, not the ego-based daydream, not the fantasy-based daydream, not the daydream to, to escape or distract ourselves, but the daydream that we can interpret, that we can understand as a function of who we are and an expansion of who we are. So here's how I want you to think about this. In this coming month until we meet again, we've asked you to construct the windshield and start to know that you're more than your thoughts and your feelings. Do you notice the proving or hiding with the antenna? And then last time I said, I want you to start to allow your mind to wander, to notice what's happening in the daydream. Now I'm giving you a way of interpreting the daydream. How to start to imagine a new way of being, a new character, a new process, a new core, that you could actually reconstitute who you are as you remember the forgotten. And I want you to ember the faith by doing this as you daydream, as you drive down the road, as the daydream is free of ego, follow the feeling. I want you to take that turn. As you drive, as you live, between now and next month, when you feel an impulse, an action to take, I want you to ember the faith to put that action into place, to follow that feeling, to make that turn. Just take that turn. What is it? Randomly, why are you thinking that person? Maybe it's time to reach out to them and send them a message. Randomly, why do you start to imagine a new way of processing the way that you show up in the world and your mission and in your work? What's it like for you to be in quarantine with somebody you love right now, in lockdown, and, and maybe that resentment starts to develop a little bit and to follow the feeling and to, to go first and to be vulnerable and to let go of that resentment. When we can take that step and we can follow that feeling, we start to get to imagine a new way forward. We assemble and construct ourselves. I wanna lead you through an exercise on doing this together. As we walk through this exercise, it's gonna be a way for you to get in the car and, and ride and learn yourself. And as you ride and learn yourself, you're gonna to get to daydream with me through this exercise. And you're not gonna do it in a, in a way that you're having to do direct it from your ego. You just get to experience you. So as we all participate right now by video, I'm going to invite you right now just to close your eyes for a moment. As you close your eyes, just to get comfortable in your chair, adjust your body weight, feel your feet on the floor, even notice the pull of gravity on your body. And as you keep your eyes closed, stepping into a world where your right brain leads the dance, I want you to go somewhere, somewhere real or imaginary, somewhere you've been before, somewhere you'd like to go. There's no doing this wrong. You can't do anything wrong in this place. There's just being. 
And, and if it's first person and you're looking around or it's third person, let it switch back and forth if you want and you're watching yourself. And if some of you are having a hard time having a space be there, just like you would scroll through photos on your phone, just pick a place and go there. And as you look around, I want you to just notice a detail that you see with great clarity. Like you would turn up the brightness on your phone screen. I want you to turn up the clarity of this image. Let it become very sharp and real. I want you to reach out and touch something in this space. As you keep your eyes closed, just reach out and touch something. Feel it on your skin. What's the atmosphere of this space? What's the temperature like? Maybe a smell that you can smell in this place. What's a sound? Pick a sound in this place and just turn up the volume of it so that you hear it so clear. And I want you to imagine this place as an emotion. Maybe for you it's peace or safety or love. But this is you remembering what's forgotten. This is the new dream of who you can be, but also who you are. And if you look around for a word or a phrase, a way to capture a word or a phrase, maybe you'll paint it, maybe you'll type it. The laws of physics don't apply. You can just make anything appear you want to. Maybe you carve it in the sand with a stick. But write a word or a phrase of what this space means to you. You don't have to analyze it. Just receive it. Whatever shows up. Now take that word or that phrase and just take it into your body as a part of your identity. Again, the laws of physics don't apply. You just take it within yourself. You can come back here as often as you want. You can stay as long as you want, knowing that you're free and that you can ember the faith, the faith of who you can become and who you already are. Just go play. Go on an adventure. I'll be quiet and I'll end our moment here in just a few seconds. Three, two, one. And everyone can just join us back here. Thank you guys for the passion and courage that you still want to grow like crazy and work on yourself, even in these challenging moments and even as, you know, the way that we live our lives is so different. Thank you.